Uh, we're going back to Joseph. Would you open your Bibles with me to Genesis 39, Genesis chapter 39. We're going to pick up the story there. We have been looking for the last few weeks on the descendants of Abraham. We've been following that story. Last week, we were ending up on the end of the life of Jacob, who has gotten a new name called, uh, he been called Israel by the Lord. And as we left it last week, we found that we had put Joseph down in the pit by his brothers, and then they had sold him off to the caravan that was coming by on their way to Egypt and sold him into slavery. Terrible thing. They were going to kill him. As we talked about the brothers, they didn't care uh, about him. Only Reuben seemed to be able to step up and rescue his life. And so he, he then was sold, and away he went to a life of nobody cared. And he was from the pit and down into slavery. A terrible, terrible story. Picking up with chapter 39, would you with me? And we'll begin with verse 1. And now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. He had made his journey down there, and he'd been tied and bound and taken as a slave, and as he went. And what happened was that he was on his way to Egypt. Potiphar, the Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites, and had, who had taken him there. But verse 2 says, But the Lord was with Joseph. I want you to recognize that whole theme that goes throughout the whole story of Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Verse 4, yea, uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's not in Exodus. Where is that? That's the 23rd Psalm to have happen. The 23rd Psalm, say that with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Rod and staff were tools that a shepherd used in guiding his sheep. Even though I walk through the most dangerous spot, I will know that you are with me. That is faith and trust that God is with us. That's exactly what Joseph had. And so he made his journey on down there and he was purchased. And the Lord was with Joseph. So he prospered. And he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. And when the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him uh, success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in the eyes of, the, of his master and he became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of the household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Everything he owned. Because the Lord was with him. See, the Lord was with him. So I'm going to skip over because this is going to be the Reader's Digest condensed version for today. So we get out before 5 o'clock this afternoon. So here it goes. So we're going to skip some part. But the next part has to do, and you can read this on your own if you're old enough, has to deal with Potiphar's wife and how she tried to seduce him and all the problems. And then when he refused, he ran out of the house. She grabbed his cloak and then she accused him of trying to do something immoral with him. And all of a sudden, we find Joseph in prison. So now, we go from the pit on a journey as a slave, purchased into Potiphar's house. The Lord was with him, and he raised him up, made him a great leader in that household, put everything in charge of him because he was a great man. And then he gets accused, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, 
and now he's back in jail again. Wow. Up and then down. Up and down. Seems to be the whole story of his life. Up and down, up and down. One thing after another. Now we're going to skip down to verse 5, uh, 20, verse B. And he said, and while he was in prison, what does it say? The Lord was with him. Even in the prison. Now, how would Joseph know that? How would Joseph know that this hadn't been written yet? Psalms hadn't been written yet? How would he know that the Lord was with him and guided him? The only way he know is because he trusted in the God of Abraham and of Jacob, Isaac and Jacob. That's the only reason he would know. Because all of the outside evidence, all the evidence that was going around him, was putting him into the pit and now into the prison. Everything they thought he was working so hard to be faithful and to do everything right, all of a sudden turns against him and makes everything look bad. But the Bible assures us that he was with him. The Lord was with him. But he would not know that. But when Joseph, but when Joseph was there, the Lord, uh, the Lord was with him, showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So that the warden... So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those who were held in prison. And he was made responsible for all that had been done. And he paid, the warden paid no attention, no attention or anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph, there it is again, and gave him success in whatever he did. So it was Joseph's faithfulness that we see again and again and again through the story of his life in Egypt. Is remaining faithful to what God had asked him to do, trusting in God that God would be with him and abide with him no matter what had happened. And it had to be a really sad experience, didn't it? A really sad story to how this is portraying his life. All right, we're going to skip. We're going to go into chapter 40. Can you hang with me? We're going to chapter 40. Skip over this part. We're going to go quick. Now we are looking at the time, and at some time later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. And so Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, and the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and they put him in the custody of the house of the captain of the guard, the same prison where Joseph was confined. Now this is the story that came up about the baker and the cupbearer, they all had a dream. Now, to be that chief, to be in that position, if you were the cupbearer, you were the one to protect the king from being poisoned. So you be careful. Did you know we still do that today? If you go to, uh, go to the Washington, D.C., we have, you can't just bring food and say, I'd like to give this to my senator. Oh, you probably could, but nobody will touch it because they don't know what's in it. So if you're going to serve food, you have to buy the food and purchase it through their, their kitchen which is very expensive, incidentally. Amazing what they can do for crackers. But, but they would, to make sure that they're not giving, passing something on that would be of danger to the officials. So the cupbearer, well, that was his job, and the baker was to make sure that everything in his household, everything, the food that came, that was prepared, would be proper for the king and be safe. So the, cup, uh, the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. And he said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine, there were these three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. 
And, and Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. Now, you remember the story that um, he was asking Joseph, and Joseph is going to interpret the dream now for him. Who interprets dreams? Only the Lord. Only God. Only God knows, really. And so that credit was given to God. In verse 12, Joseph goes on and he says, this is what, the, what it means, Joseph said. And then he shared with him about the meaning of the dream. And in the story of the dream and what happened was that he was said, you are going to, in three days, that's the three branches, in three days, you're going to be restored back to your position in Pharaoh's house. You are going to be serving him again and you will be his cupbearer. You will be the one who will be protecting him. And then he added in verse 14, he added, Joseph goes on, but when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Now when the, verse 16, now when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. And on my head were three baskets of bread. On, in the top basket, there were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds came, and eating out of them the basket on my head. And this is what he said, verse 18. Joseph said, the three baskets are three days. And within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body to a pole. And the birds will eat away their flesh. And three days later, on Pharaoh's birthday, that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Two dreams given by God, interpreted by Joseph because God was with him, sharing that terrible experience. And three days happened. And then the Bible tells us that the chief cupbearer however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot. Well, <laughs> how quickly we forget. How quickly, instead of going up and say, Pharaoh, this guy, I'll tell you what happened, blah, 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 blah. There's a guy down there we should bring up. But remember the Bible said, the Lord was with Joseph. Remember? God does not always operate on our time clock. It does not always operate as we think it should be. It doesn't happen that way. God does what he's going to do in his time and in his way. And Ellen White comments that we have a thousand ways God can solve our problem of which we have never thought. Because we are limited by our own thinking. Limited by our own experience. Genesis 41. Move on. We're on to Genesis 41. So two full years have passed, verse 1 had passed, and now Pharaoh has a dream. He has a dream. And in the morning, he said, and his mind was troubled, and so he sent for his magicians and wise men in Egypt, and Pharaoh told them his dream, but no one could interpret them. And now the cupbearer, the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph. Oh, I remember Joseph. Oh, yes, the guy who could interpret the dreams. Oh, yes, he interpreted mine. Yes, and the cupbearer. And the baker didn't turn out so well, but... Verse 14, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought before him from the dungeon. And when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. 
and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said to you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph responded, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Do you remember this experience of another great prophet in the Bible who stood before King Nebuchadnezzar and was asked to interpret the dream? Remember this? The dream of the image, the great image that revealed the future. And he said, I cannot reveal it to you, but there's a God in heaven who can reveal the secrets and the dreams that he gives to that. So he said, tell me your dream. And so Pharaoh started going. He says, well, I was by the river Nile, and out of the river came seven fat cows. And after they came up, seven thin cows, very lean ones, very ugly. They came up out of the thing, and they devoured the fat cows, and they didn't look any better. They looked terrible. And the same thing happened with, the, with some shafts of, of grain. So it was the same type of thing. Seven of each, seven of that. Healthy ones, bad. And he said, what? And so Pharaoh said to Pharaoh, um, can you interpret it? And Joseph said to him, yes, for certainly the Lord would reveal that you are going to have seven years of plenty. And then you're going to be followed by seven years of famine. Severe famine. And so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I will put um, you in charge of this whole land of Egypt. Why? Because the Lord was with Joseph, remember? The Lord was with Joseph. And then Pharaoh took his signet ring, which was the symbol of authority, and he put it on Joseph's finger, and he dressed him in the robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And Pharaoh gave Joseph a new name, Zephnath Pharaoh, and he gave him Ashneth, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, to be his wife, and Joseph went throughout the land. Now, you probably don't know Joseph by that name. That's a Hebrew name. But Joseph took his job seriously, and he started to prepare Egypt for the famine. So the seven years, he started putting away grain, started putting things away to protect them. So be able to last them through the seven years of famine. Now you think about that. You can go, when, when some of you are going with me to the Middle East, you will see these places where they stored the grain. They're still there. They would take them, dry them out, put the grain in there and store them. For times of when they would be in siege or in cities, they had saved water and they saved grain. So they could be saved. And then after the seven years, then came the famine. Tremendous famine. Now, First chapter 42, we find out that meanwhile, back in Cana, meanwhile, back in Cana, who's back in Cana? Well, that's where Jacob and his family is, and the brothers. And when Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why don't you just keep looking at each other? He said, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and do not die. And so... Ten of the brothers, they packed themselves up and started making their way down to Egypt to get the grain. And they were on their way. Now this story takes an interesting twist, if you know how this goes. And so now in verse 6, you come now, Joseph was the governor of the land, and the person had sold the grain to the people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, 
they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. And as soon as Joseph saw them, saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. He said, where did you come from? He asked. Well, we're from the land of Canaan. We, they replied, we've come to buy food. And although Joseph recognized them, they did not recognize him. They did not see him with all his robes and everything from Egypt. Then he remembered this dream that he had had about the member, that we talked about the, how the uh, bowing of the grain heads to them. And he said to them, you are spies, he said. You are spies. You have come here to choose out the land and see where it's unprotected. You're spies, he said. Oh, no, 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 we're honorable men. We're honest. We've come. We've come to just to get grain. We're not here as spies. Oh, yes, you are. You're spies. I can tell you've come to do that. That's why you're dressed the way you are. That's why blah, 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 on and on and on. Oh, no, we're not spies. We're not spies. He says, I don't care. And he threw them in the jail for three days. So now they're in the jail. Interesting twist of events, huh? And so then, verse 18, and on the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this, and you will live, for I fear God. If you are an honest, if you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison, while the rest of you go and take grain back to your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother, Benjamin, his little brother from Rachel, you must bring your youngest brother to me, so that your words may be verified and that you may not die. And they said to one another, now they're talking to one another, the brothers, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw um, how distressed he was when he uh, pleaded for his life. And but we, we would not listen. That is why the distress has come upon us. And Reuben, remember he was the one who tried to save uh, Joseph. He said, did I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we have to give an account for his blood. But they did not realize Joseph could understand them. Since he was using an interpreter. So as they got ready to leave, and as they were ready to go, Joseph said to his... This assistant's there. He says, all right, fill our grain sacks up, but I want you to put their money back into their sacks. So they took and they, the silver that they had paid for it, when they weren't looking, they put the money back into their sacks, and the boys went back home. They started returning home and made their way home. And on their way, they stopped for the night, and they opened their sacks, and they found in the sacks, they found their silver was in the sacks. Now they know they're in deep trouble. Because all of them knew we haven't stolen anything. We brought the money to pay for the grain, but now it's all back in here. And they didn't know what to do, but they turned, continued their journey on. So they continued on home. And they shared this all, what had happened with them with their father Jacob, and how they wanted to take Benjamin back. And he says, oh, no, no, you can't take Benjamin. He's the only one. I've already lost one son. You can't take him back. And they argued back and forth about this for quite some time. Now we go on to chapter 43. And now the famine was still severe in the land. But Jacob said, we're going to starve if we don't do something. Go back down. Take the silver. 
that, you, that they gave you, take it back down, and also give that to them for what you bought, and then also take some more so you can buy some grain. But this time, they finally argued with their father, and Benjamin was with them. Benjamin took the trip with them. So they made their way, got down there, and when they got there, Joseph threw a feast for them. And he brought them to their house, and he started feeding them, and he seated all of these brothers in the order of their ages. As they're sitting looking at each other, how would they know? And they're looking at them, how do these people know that you've set us around in exactly the order in which we were born? Nobody asked. And it's very suspicious how the Egyptians would know the order in which they were born. So they filled up their sacks again. They were getting all ready to go. And Joseph, he said, put my silver cup. He went behind the line and says, put my silver cup into the youngest one. Put my silver cup into Benjamin's bag. And so they were on their journey. They were on their way. When all of a sudden up behind them came some soldiers, came up behind the brothers. They were on their way again. They made come behind the soldiers. And the soldiers came up behind them and they said, somebody has stolen some stuff from Joseph. Oh, no, it couldn't be any of us. No, none of us. We would do that. We're honest people. We would never do that. We would never do anything to harm anyone. We are good people. And they said, well, even if you find it in anybody's sack, let that person go back and be a slave forever. So they started looking. And they found the cup in Benjamin's bag, of course. Now they're sick. And they said, well, take me back. And so they all went back. They were ordered all to come back with the cup and the evidence that they had stolen. <laughs> they had stolen the cup. So now that's back. And now then, now then, please let our servant, they begged Joseph to remain here as my, uh, Judah did this, to remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I, Judah, Judah went on, how can I, go back to my father if the boy is not with me no do not let me see the misery that would come on my father and he was reminded of wow when they told jacob that joseph was lost to the animal having another animal how the mourning and the grief that jacob their father went through don't want to see that again chapter 45 then Joseph could control himself no longer. Before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence except the brothers. And he wept so loud, he wept so loudly, that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. And Joseph said to his brothers, now in Hebrew, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence, knowing his power and authority that they could lose their lives at any moment. Now the tables were completely turned. Now where he had been at their mercy at the pit, now they are at their mercy in his chambers. And then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, 
the one you sold into Egypt. And notice what he says next. And now, do not be distressed. And do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Joseph then understood the whole journey that he had been made from the pit to Potiphar's house, to the prison, to the cupbearer and the baker, to being raised up in Pharaoh's house, to being in charge of saving the grain, and then handing out the grain, the brothers coming, coming together. He saw the whole plan all laid out knowing that God was with him and how he fulfilled that whole story. And his brothers were amazed at who he was, and they grabbed one another and they hugged one another because they recognized that Joseph forgave him. He saw a bigger plan so he could see that they were not not part of God's plan. God had a bigger plan, and the whole story that unfolded was in God's will. There's nothing like feeling you were in God's will. There's nothing like that feeling at all. You can never stop that feeling that you were in God's will. It's an incredible experience, and so they went and got their father, Jacob, and they brought him down, and an incredible family reunion happened. Well, that story is an incredible story in Scripture. It moves me. I hope it moves you. I'm glad it's there. And over the many chapters, and you certainly could read it over, it's an amazing story. It is a story that our children must know. Now, as your pastor, I'm concerned that our children may not know this story. And many others like it. Parents, grandparents, you must teach your children and grandchildren this story. If you don't, who will? Say, well, we have Sabbath school for that. Sabbath school has them an hour a week. I remember my mother and father teaching me the Bible by sitting and reading the Bible stories to me. We went through it four different times. I remember sitting on my dad's knee and having my dad tell me these Bible stories, one after the other, hours and hours. Because my dad wanted me to know the story of Joseph. He wanted me to know the story of why that was important and putting his faith and his trust in God. And that story lives in my soul. It needs to live in our children's souls. Do they know that story? And what should we make of this story? What is it that we could take home? We can admire Joseph and for his faithfulness. We can admire him and for his great work that he did. We can admire him for God being with him. But the reality is that God is with all of us if we let him. 
if we are faithful to him, no matter what pit or what prison we think we are in. I don't know what you may be going through right now, have been through, and may face the future. Only God knows. But the example of Joseph and his faithfulness lives on. And I pray that God will help you see the importance of being faithful to him. No matter what happens, being faithful. Joseph's life certainly paints a really unusual story of being a favored son to a pit, to a prison, and then to being second in command in Egypt. It is amazing and how he was able to forgive his brothers and to heal that family because he knew God was with him. Dear Lord, I thank you for the story of Joseph. I thank you for the, for the way that it winds around through many difficulties and struggles. Father, we thank you that you were able to lead in such a powerful way and we, we give you the glory and honor for that. Today, today I ask that you help us be able to share that story and many others with our children because they build character, they build trust in you, they see what kind of a God you are and how you remain faithful even through the toughest, most difficult, struggling times. They will have that in their heart just as Joseph did as he was taught by his dad. May we teach that to our children. Bless us in doing that and understanding this great story and the importance of faithfulness. Even through the darkest hours of life, you were with us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.